This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am here as usual with my co-host, the Garnet Texan, John Wade. John, good week? Crazy week? It's been a crazy week for me. Like, There's... crazy, insane crazy. I mean... It's been fun to be an Astros fan this past week. We hadn't lost since my birthday. That was yeah, pretty cool. It was 16 games. 11 um, games. It was 12 games. 12 games. Shows how much I follow the Astros. You should follow more baseball. They're actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah, except they took my boy's knee. I'll never forgive him. Anyways. He's not surprised. But he, they took Deshaun's knee. I'll never forgive them for that. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess we're, you're buying into the curse, and I guess we should. I just can't love every Houston team, John. You know. I just can't. So The Astros are probably the easiest to love. I know, because they're young and fun and blah, 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 blah. I get it. I mean. And their bats are going now and all yeah, that. I they, get it. They have great pitching, best bullpen, blah. They're just a fun group to watch. I understand. You don't have to pitch me. Actually, all of the Tex- or all the Houston teams right now are fun to watch well we don't potentially know. okay i mean don't being a texan fan has been kind of brutal um yeah at times but there was well, a light at the end of the tunnel last year there was and we had six games that were a hell of a lot of fun to watch yeah yeah i guess you could potentially say seven games were, yeah. were fun cincinnati was fun we just two years before that even going to the playoffs those games were brutal football to watch yeah did you see david carr what he expected for the schedule he predicted the schedule. No. 11-5. He has or, or, us winning the oh, last eight man. games or six games or seven Part of games. me is amazed that David Carr would predict success for us, but... He has us sweeping the Jags and the Titans. Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> All right, anyways, let's get into other stuff. All right, so BMAC signed. Top five money. Actually, number four as far as... Inside linebacking linebacker money currently. Uh, I love the deal, but you knew that. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, what do you think? I, 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 what I, I'll tell you what I like about it. I think BMAC is underrated in, in, in the league. Or maybe not in the league. Nationwide, he's underrated. People don't really know what he's about because he's got JJ on his team. He had Cushing on, you know, next to him. Clowny, merciless, all the star power that we have on our defense. Now we added Honey Badger. Uh, I, I feel like his name is just not really known around the league as far as the media goes. Uh, I think he's one of the better run stuffing linebackers in the league. I think he's, I would potentially say he's the best blitzing linebacker in the league. I can't think of another linebacker better than him at blitzing and getting to the quarterback. Coverage, problem. But good thing about that is, we solved that problem. Uh, I think you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. With a linebacker needs to be able to affect, needs to be able to affect the passing game. Yep. This isn't the same as, um, who's the guy that ran straight away? Oh, Ogletree. Was, Ogletree, sorry. Everybody was comparing this deal to the Ogletree deal. Or 
the not the haters, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the people that were coming down negative yeah. on the uh, McKinney deal were comparing it to Ogletree. How can you pay a linebacker that can't cover that amount of money? Well, he is not the best in coverage. However, what he does is affect the passing game. Right. Whereas Ogletree did not. Right. And, and then just look at our division on top of that. We're actually in a division where you need to have that run stopper. Yeah. I mean, look at the running backs we go against. Fournette and Derrick Henry. You're yeah. going to need to have that big boy in the middle. Yep. So I I think you nailed it with, with McKinney. Yeah, I think, um, it, honestly, I don't think he's actually terrible in coverage. I think it's when you get him outside of the box that he's terrible in coverage. Like, like if he's playing, a, a, you know, a, a hook zone in the middle of the field, I think he's fine. It, you give him that, like, five to ten yards, I think he'll be okay. But it's when he's having to cover a linebacker out of the backfield, I mean, a running back out of the backfield, I think then that's when you get him in trouble. I think if you need him to stay in his zone, he'll probably be fine. Uh, but, yeah, from a blitzing perspective, the way he impacts the passing game, I mean, you just, with, with Rack now back, it's interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what we get out of this defense, and I think Big BMAC's a big part of that. I also just think the fact that like this is full on now his team, like there's just not a doubt now at all. Like he's the linebacker that lines everybody up, and and where's the mic is going to be a big part of it. But I think another thing that people aren't taking into consideration when they look at this deal is, I mean, what's the what's the number one thing about any player? Like, what, what's the best, like, if you could have any player do one thing in a season, what would it be? Stay healthy. Stay healthy. He's done that. Yeah. He's missed two games his entire season, or his entire um, career. I don't really know what else you can ask from a linebacker, especially the way he plays. He's physical. And that's extremely important with our with our middle linebacker who's in charge of getting everybody lined up. He's right. essentially the quarterback of our defense. And it's important to have them out there. Yeah, I like the deal. I think it works out. And then, obviously, with with Dylan Cole and and, and Zach Cunningham uh, next to him, uh, I just think that our linebacking core is going to be uh, it's going to be extremely fun to watch. But we we talked about that with Bill O'Brien, who will be on uh, here at the end of the podcast. Just yeah. in case anybody's listening. We know that's the only reason that a lot of you right now, yeah. tuned in. All, hey, all you, you only new... listen to us. You just you, you, you want the interview. All new listeners. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right. And then, actually, so we talked about, because this is going to be a shorter podcast because we started late, but uh, we talked about we were going to do DeAndre. But real quick, uh, the rumors about Gronk and the Texans. Would you find it interesting that we were somewhat interested in Gronk? You know, I want to know a little bit more about it because apparently too. the uh, the story is they were shopping it to teams that they trust. Right. What on why? Earth, what does that mean? Teams that you trust. Well, and why? Or was it teams that they trusted would use Gronk correctly? If so, that makes sense. That makes sense, and actually, I would, think that that would be exciting. Um, would you give tr- up a first form? No. Second. Yes. I'd give up a second, and I would switch, switch first. I wouldn't give it up, but I would switch draft in the first round. If you knew that you had four years of Gronk. Oh, I'd give up a second and a first if for four years guaranteed of Gronk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not like you can't guarantee health, right? But if you knew he was going to play for the next four years. No health. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Because my biggest just, concern just is the retiring, retirement aspect. Yeah. That's my like in the back of my mind. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Like 
to give up a first round pick, that's a lot of capital to get in a a player that ours already like verbally mentioned that he's thought about retirement and also has had injury history. Like, like you put those two together. Usually those are the players that retire. Um, but I will say, I mean, we have a small window here before Deshaun makes money. Man, this offense with Gronk dude would be, uh, it's arguable that Gronk is even more important to the new England offense than Brady. I would agree. Um, We've seen it. So, without a doubt, I would even pay whatever the crazy salary that he wants. If we could guarantee four healthy years of Gronk with Deshaun on a rookie deal, dude, with Hopkins, I, there you go. You always are not one, one of the things that I've discussed before is you have to have three options in your offense. Yeah. You would have two at the best at their positions as two of your options. It's pretty nice. You know, at that point, you could have a sub or a third option, and our third option would still be Will Fuller. Oh. So, yeah. It's yeah. not a bad option. You know, I, I would definitely have given up a first and a second. Um, I'm not a GM, obviously, an NFL GM. A, sw- a swap and a second. Yes, a swap. Not a first and a second. You yeah, said first that, and a second. I just want to make people be like hit you up and be like, Dude, you give up a first and a second for Gronk? No, I would swap. There I'm sorry, go. swap the first and the their first round picks. I mean, granted that it essentially that. Mean, essentially means it would end up having two second round picks. Yeah. Um, but our extra second and swap our first, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would too. I think he's staying in New England though. Oh yeah. I, I just. Oh, well, he's don't staying there as long as Brady's there. Once Brady announces his retirement after the next season. Then Gronk will Oh, you think leave. after the season Brady's gone? Yeah, I think this is going to be his last season. Hmm. You have some insider information? Or no. Just, just a thought? Just, just a, a thought. theory? Huh. I mean, it's NFL players will hit a wall, and they'll hit it hard. And with all... There's so much smoke coming out of New England. See, that's the only part that scares me. I don't think that he can't play. I don't think it's a wall. I think it's more of just some of the internal struggles that are going on right now. I just don't know if Brady will want to deal with it. Yeah, he's got all the money in the world. He's going to get... I mean, I don't know if it'll be because of injury. I hope not. I think he'll just think he'll just be done. I think part of the reason that he's back this coming year is the way that they lost to uh, the Eagles. The way Brady is, he, he doesn't want to leave on a, on a losing note. But unless if the Patriots get to the Super Bowl again, he'll be back again. If they win the Super Bowl... Right off in the sunset. I can see him riding off in the sunset. And if the window has shut on New England, like it ever really shuts on New England, but when I say if it's shut on them by, let's say they have a first-round exit in the playoffs, um, then I think it'd be done. I don't think the window shuts until Belichick leaves. Even if Tom leaves, I just... I, I don't think well, it shuts. I think I say, the dominance aspect, maybe. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say when yeah, it shuts. Okay, I, I, I would they're, agree. They're still going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's when do they lose in the playoffs. It's also just, I mean, their division is bad anyways. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's pretty pitiful, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. All right, uh, let's get to our boy, DeAndre Hopkins, number 13 on the uh, top 100 list. He's too low. 13? He should have been, I think he should have been a top 10 player. Easily. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Hopkins? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Okay. I mean, I love Hopkins. I just... Uh, I don't know. I think I think he was, like, 
I think top twenty is about right. The only play, the only quarterback that has successfully, or actually, probably the only player that has successfully stopped Hopkins is Osweiler. Okay, so let me ask you this: Aaron Donald or DeAndre on the team? Yeah. Aaron Donald, because of the position he plays. Okay. This uh, I this isn't a I don't think this is fair to do because as a wide receiver I think that a wide receiver is a lot more replaceable than defensive or offensive line. I guess that's kind of my. Like, However, that's kind of where I was going. It's the same argument about J.J. Watt versus Aaron Rodgers a couple of years back for MVP. When, oh, for MVP. Two, two, yeah. Yes, a quarterback is more important than a defensive end. Yes, there's a bunch of different positions more important than a wide receiver. But for what he does, can you name somebody? It's him and Antonio Brown is the top two wide receivers right now. I know. Would you? I take Julio over DeAndre. Would you really? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, I would. Julio. I Julio is probably. I would say Julio is probably at. He's gonna have like an Andre Johnson career. This is. Julio's a fantastic receivers, player. but he's gonna hit. He's gonna hit a wall. He's they gonna hit a wall hard. They all do. But Hopkins and Antonio Brown as receivers, I because they're such technicians, they're gonna have like those Jerry Rice careers where they continue Larry to yeah. and Larry Fitzgerald because they're gonna continue to go. Sure, sure. They may not be the straight out dominance, but they are gonna continue to be above average players. So I'd rather have like seven years of Julio than thirteen of DeAndre. I'd rather have thirteen of DeAndre. I know that sounds crazy, right? But. I don't know. Especially because DeAndre can actually score touchdowns. Julio Jones, for whatever reason, no matter what offense coordinator they have, cannot score touchdowns. Who's that remind you of? Andre Johnson. Hey, man. <laughs> They're not... Part of the reason I, I love, love DeAndre. I love DeAndre. I, I part just, of the... And I mean, part I'm of the reason big... we loved Andre, though, was... Andre Johnson was his, at, was his personality and his attitude, and Julio Jones doesn't have that. He doesn't have that, but he's also not a diva. I know he's holding out now and all that stuff, but like Andre Johnson wasn't a diva. No, no, I'm saying, but like, I don't. I'm not saying Andre was a diva. I'm saying, but is he built like Andre personality-wise? No, but he's also not a diva. Either. Right. Like he seems pretty cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, he's calm and he's quiet. He's probably the quietest superstar wide receiver ever. But Andre was pretty quiet. <laughs> Andre was intense. Andre Johnson was intense. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. Maybe I, I would. Maybe like I would take DeAndre because you know I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm thinking about Larry's career and Larry Fitzgerald. And you're right. Like, I I never really thought about it from a technician standpoint. Like, I don't know. Like, would you rather now, have? Here's a question. Would you rather have seven years is, of like Calvin Johnson? Type? It is fourth and twelve. You have to score a touchdown. You have Julio Jones and Andre and DeAndre Hopkins as your receivers. Where you are, are you? You are in some crazy. Where are you on the field? Uh, you're on like it's twelfth uh, or, or fourth and goal from the twelve. Fourth and goal from the twelve. So it's a twelve yard pass. You have to throw it to one of them. Which one are you throwing it to? It's Hopkins. He is going to catch that ball. Julio should be able to catch that ball. He'll probably make the cornerback look stupid, like in the playoff game. And he's somehow not going to miss, or not going to make the catch. All right, that's fine. Whereas Hopkins will probably be destroyed by the cornerback, falling all over, and he's going to catch that down. I'll take DeAndre over Julio. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I just remember, like, do you remember, like, the, the 
like the seasons that like Calvin Johnson and then like Julio and 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 like the big wide receivers like the impacts that they made like I don't know I, I've always been fascinated by those kind of wide receivers like those big bodied like just go up and just like moss somebody uh, and then we'll we'll just never see DeAndre do that but you're right he's a, he's a different yeah. wide receiver he's, he's technical he's he's good he has great footwork his hands are just amazing yeah hey, he's a better route runner i mean uh, moss so yeah, somebody they're gonna rename that hopkins somebody that, the way he catches it stop. over over coverage stop i love randy moss don't get me wrong stop but the you're way getting that, ahead of yourself i'm not getting i know yes you are here's because the fanboy in you now Go ahead. i am gonna fanboy a little bit hopkins doesn't have randy moss's speed no he doesn't have his size no but what he does is he the way he catches over coverage the way that he deals with, but see, some it, of those like catches, DeAndre isn't a mossing though. Like like Moss is like go up and power it down while the corner has two hands on the ball, but Randy still got it. Like DeAndre's like mo- like maneuver his body in this weird like crazy way that no human should be able to like maneuver its body, and then like still like grab it with the f- palm of his finger to tap it to his other open hand and then catch it. While he's that's getting, not mossing. While getting tackled, that's not mossing with though. the other and pretty much still take. You know, that's not mossing. I guess is my thought. Look, you already convinced me. Okay, I'll take right. DeAndre over Julio. Can we agree that that's not mossing? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so and yes, I would put Hopkins in the top ten without a doubt. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I I'm one of those. I mean, you know where I stand as far as the. Uh, I, I honestly uh, wide, think wide I honestly, receivers. I like, honestly think that we flipped on this because after dealing with Brock Osweiler, I was so down on on Hopkins last year, like down by our standards, not by you know regular people's standards. Yeah, but remember, like when we were talking Whereas about Dez, you kept built kept building him up, and yeah. it's like it, all of a sudden. I mean, I love Hop, Hop. Hop comes back and has that year where no matter who was thrown to him this past past yeah, year, for sure, he was amazing. And then when he had him, him and Watson with that connection they had was just otherworldly. So I don't know. Okay, look, remember when we had the the argument because it was an argument about Des. Yeah. Like a lot of that for me came from the fact that I just don't feel like I feel like you can win without having those top five wide receivers in the No, I agree. Like, I feel like you can, right? And so, like, when I think of, like, value to a team, and, and I'm going to get killed for this, but I, and I love DeAndre, but, like, I just feel like you can, we could win without DeAndre. I, I feel like you could put a Alan Hearns or a Alan Robinson or just... Well, what, an Alan and, Robinson, not an Alan Hearns. I don't know. I think Alan Hearns is actually a really good wide receiver. You I, have to I, have somebody... I think somebody, we'll see it, but... Yeah, I mean... Uh, okay, fine. But what I'm saying is, is I don't think you have to have a top five wide receiver to win. No, and typically top five wide receivers don't win. Correct, and I guess that's my thought. Like when I'm thinking of overall value for the top ten, I just honestly I don't even think like Antonio Brown's crazy, and what he means to that team is you probably can't quantify. To be honest, I would have a hard time putting Antonio Brown in the top ten. Really. I just, I feel like you can get, now are you going to get what you got out of Antonio Brown out of another wide receiver? No, you're not. But, like, look at Pittsburgh. They're, they turn out wide receivers 
no matter what every year. I, I yeah. just, I, I mean, every year they have solid. I mean, for the last five years, they've probably had the best wide receiving core. Well, Marcus Sweeten was great, and Juju, and now and now Juju, and who else was it? I'm missing somebody. Martavius Bryant, and like they, they just they seem to always have solid wide receivers. There's got to be a reason. Like if you took Antonio Brown off, but had a healthy Ben all year, I still feel like the Steelers would be as much of a contender as they were with Antonio Brown. I don't disagree with you on that. My point, though, with Hopkins is just in comparison. Just in compa- it's in comparison to the other players. Like I think that if where he I is, would agree with you. If you compare it to the players that are there, that that probably just unfortunately a wide receiver will not by himself will not win you a Super Bowl. They have to be a part of something. Right. A strong defensive line can win you a Super Bowl. A strong running game can win you a Super Bowl. Um, an out. I would say a strong safety. A strong, yeah, safety groups. Like a Red Reed. Which, strangely enough, safeties get paid less than corners. But yeah, which is weird. A, a strong, a, weird well, a single corner is not going to win you a Super Bowl. That, I was just about to say that. amazing safety. An Ed Reed type safety can... Can it, elevate your team just beyond belief. Yeah. But when you look at the other players compared to what they do versus just like positional groups... I put Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins right now just on another level compared to other every other receiver. I would agree with you. And this is part of it. If Julio could score touchdowns, if he comes out this year and he scores 10-plus touchdowns, I, just wonder how much is eat, that I will eat my words. But there's no other positional group that has that large of a gap, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe running backs, maybe. I also but... think A.J. Green's, like, just does not get the respect that A.J. No, Green deserves. I, I love A.J. Green. I think like, A.J. Green I just, is like... But I don't put him on that same tier. But why, though? Is it because of his quarterback? I mean, we've said before, Dalton would have won us a couple of playoff games. Yeah. I don't know. Even if he was playing as bad Andy Dalton compared to some of the quarterback play we've got. Mm. I don't know, dude. I just I'm, I just think of the top ten, and I just don't see a way that like to be honest with you. I know Clowney didn't have like the crazy stats that you need to be in a top ten in the top ten. But when I think of a player in the top ten, I think of a game changing player that can make an impact and and win you a game. Watching the film on Clowney last year, mm-hmm. to me. I feel like there's a solid argument for Clowney to be in the top 10. I would actually... Clowney top 25, no doubt. Well, he was top no. 25. He was 23. I thought he was right? in the 30s. Oh, was he 30? I don't know. Anyways. I, um, I if think... I, if he, Clowney, I did feel, was too too low because of what he does. I just don't think what you can he, quantify what he does. Right, because part of his dominance is he's one of the best run stoppers in the league. Yep. And then he gets games where he can just turn it on as a pass rusher. He's not very consistent, but he gets some of these games yeah. where he can single-handedly turn the tide of the game. I mean, the Raiders game yeah. in the playoffs. Like I know it's like I know we're all thinking of the interception, but like there's so much more to that game that he did. Like I mean, he almost had an interception the first the first drive. Go rewatch the Seahawks game. If that was any other quarter quarterback, which, other than which Russell, Seahawks game? This one this year? This year? Yeah, yeah I've seen it. He's freaking destructive. 
Any other quarterback? Any other quarterback other than died. Russell Williams? Or Russell? Russell Williams. Nice. Russell, Russell Wilson. Williams. Um, no, I know. Any other quarterback other than him, and Clowney would have just gone off. That would have been a multi-sack game. But you know the difference between like Clowney and the other top defensive ends in the league? is even though he didn't get a ton of sacks on Russell, he's also the only defensive end that can keep up with Russell. Right. You know, like, like if I had to choose a defensive end to be like, even spy Russell Wilson, it'd be, it'd be Jadavian Clowney. Like, he just has that speed to be able to get to Wilson. He's, Wilson's just like, Deshaunie's slippery. All right, uh... The moment you guys have all been waiting for. John's going to... So, little little backstory. I fanned out the last two questions. I don't like these last two questions, but John convinced me to keep them in. Uh, so, the first four questions are awesome. It was a great interview. It was awesome having him on. He's a good dude. It was because of him that he came on to. I want to make sure that people know that. Like, he uh, he put... he he I emailed him, and he made it happen, and he didn't have to. So, um... But yeah, the last two questions I don't like. So if you guys hate them, please tell me on Twitter. Please. And uh, yeah, enjoy the Bill O'Brien podcast. All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. I am your host, Young Ari Gold. Um, I have my co-host here, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And uh, we are uh, extremely thrilled to uh, have uh, your head coach of the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, hop on for a little bit and talk a little bit about the upcoming season. I really appreciate it. No, you got it, James. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So we'll just dive right in here. So um, there's been uh, quite a bit of things going on, obviously, with the Texans. Uh, and, and me and John, being fans of the of the Texans, really, and not really being a part of the media, uh, we, we kind of have a little bit of a different outlook on a lot of different things. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about our favorite player that seems to not get any questions asked about him, uh, DJ Reader. He's going into his third year. Uh, last year with the injuries, was asked to do a lot, and he seems to be just progressing and continuously getting better. Can you just tell us a little bit about DJ Reader and his progression and what you've seen out of him, out of him over the last two years? Yeah, you guys, uh, you're exactly right about that. Uh, you know, he's definitely the type of guy you wish there were more questions asked about him because he is somewhat of an unsung, uh, you know, guy on our team. He, he's a guy that. First of all, before you even get into football, he's just a great guy. He's a he's a very smart guy. He's really good leader in the locker room. He's very hard worker, very tough. Uh, and and in the the years that he's been here, he's he's improved uh, each and every single each and every single year. You know, he's a guy that has come in here and 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 paid attention to things like uh, losing some weight, getting stronger. Uh, being able to improve his skill set so that he's not just playing on the interior. Sometimes he plays, you know, on the outside of the of the line of scrimmage, and 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 has helped us in certain ways there. Especially like you said, when there were injuries. So he he's a really valuable part of our defense, and uh, you know, I know our guys in our locker room really respect him. Yeah, yeah, it, it's funny. The nose tackle position, just in general nowadays, just seems to not have a lot of buzz around it. But it's such an integral role to the success of the defense. It's, Especially no a three-four nose tackle. No doubt about it. I mean, that's you know, if you want to 
discourage a team from running the ball, you better have somebody in, on the inside that can hold hold the fort down in there. And you know, he's a guy that does that for us. Yeah. No. I, well, great. Yeah. So, and then obviously with Deshaun, uh, that would we would be failing our fans if we didn't at least ask a question about Deshaun. Um, the city. He, he was on uh, Sports Radio 610 yesterday, and Sean Pendergast asked him a great question about if he realizes how much the city embraces him and the expectations and, and everything that the city has for him. And, and he, he obviously answered it the only way Deshaun can. He's, he's so great and just such a good person. But last year against the Pats, um, there was a moment where in my mind I said to myself, oh, my God, this kid – is just special and uh, I'll, I'll describe it and I know you're going to automatically know exactly what I'm talking about but on that Ryan Griffin touchdown pass on it was a, a corner route uh in in the end zone Devin McCourty was all over um Ryan and there was really only one place Deshaun could put the ball and it was on the opposite shoulder of of, of Ryan Griffin and the way that Deshaun placed that ball uh, it was just amazing. And to me, I said to myself, oh, my God, we have something special here. Has there been a moment since Deshaun's come to the organization where you could define and look back and say, oh, man, this is uh, – we have a special kid here? I think it's hard to say that there was, there's been one moment. It's really been – more James, like when you when you meet him and you, you're around him, uh, you know, for – you know, a few days in a row or whatever it is, like you, you just get this sense about him that he's got uh, a presence that gives you confidence. You know, he has confidence. He's poised. He's a very bright guy. He thinks about things. He's a great listener. He really, he really listens to everything that you're saying. He, he never interrupts. He waits till you're done, and then he may have a question or. You know, maybe he has an idea of his own. So I think the more you get around him, the more that I see is, is, is that, you know, just the type of guy he is. Obviously, you know, the talent and all the things that go into being an NFL quarterback, but you have to have more than that. And he, he has, uh, the personality, the poise, the confidence to, uh, you know, to obviously lead us. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to work with him. He's had a really good spring. He's gotten a lot better in different areas, uh, knowledge-wise, and, and he was able to go out on the field and do some things for us uh, in individual drills and seven-on-seven seven and things like that. So I think he was able to accomplish a lot this spring. Yeah, and we actually had uh, Jordan Palmer on uh, about, I'd say about three months ago, and he he gave us so much input on, on Deshaun and, and really just his personality and how he approaches things. And he, he mentioned that, you know, what would take a normal person a month to learn, Deshaun, it would take two weeks. And it, it's just, it's crazy from, from a fan base, right, from, from a fan's perspective, how to hear those kinds of things about your quarterback, it's just great. And obviously a great quarterback leads to a lot of success in this league. So it's nice to know that we have a quarterback with the potential that Deshaun has. And in that seven game span, I don't, I can't think of another player that I've seen in, in, in since I've been watching that was able to do what he did. I mean, it had to be fun going into that quarterback room, you know, when he was playing and, and just break down film with them. It was fun. He's a, he's a, he's a fun guy to coach. He, um, you know, he's a guy that he's the same. First of all, he's a very consistent person. So he's the same guy every day and he really enjoys the football discussion. He enjoys learning football. He enjoys talking about football. 
and you know, obviously with his skill set, you can be creative and, and so it is a lot of fun to coach him. And, you know, like, like you said, he, he had a seven game window there that, that showed us what he's capable of doing. And now the big, the big thing for him and for all of us is to just continue to, to stay grounded and try to get better every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so the linebacking core, me and John are, I think that's probably the position, maybe besides safety, that we are most excited about. BMAC is, whether it's known league-wide or not, uh, or nationally, uh, is, is definitely one of the, the top five linebackers in the league. Uh, he's great at, at stopping the run, and then he's great as a pass rusher as well, which is just an additional trait that you don't see out of a lot of linebackers. But then with Dylan Cole and Zach Cunningham with their skill set, uh, being so quick laterally and being able to cover, you know, running backs and even Dylan Cole covered a wide receiver and in, intercepted the ball last year. Um, what is it that you see out of this linebacking group um, that's going to make such a huge impact on this defense next year? Yeah, I think I think you're you're on the money with with uh, with these guys. You know, they, they they're a very talented group. Uh, you know, you have Bernardrick and, and Zach inside, and then Dylan who's a guy that was undrafted, but right away when we saw him, he had some traits that we really liked, you know, his work ethic, his speed, his instincts, and he's really improved. And I, I think he's going to play a lot of good football for us next year. And then, you know, you have the guys on the outside with Clowney and Merciless and Brandon Scarlett, and then the two guys that we drafted, uh, Columbia and Duke Edgefor. So, You've got a talented group of guys there. It's up to us as coaches to put them in the right spot, and then it's up to them to go, to go play to that level. Uh, but but we feel good about that that group of uh, of linebackers, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so this was the first year since you've been here that we didn't have a, a first or second round pick. Obviously, uh, where we're at now, we look back on it and say, "We'll deal with it and move forward." Uh, with Deshaun. But I really enjoyed this draft, especially with, you know, the lack of the first two picks. You know, we I, I feel like a lot of needs were addressed. But then you, I feel like there are some players that were drafted that can make an impact extremely early on. Obviously, Justin Reed. Uh, but Jordan Aikens, to me, is one of those players that just watching him at UCF um, and seeing what he's capable of. Uh, and at the tight end position, you know, usually it's a two- to three-year window um, from being drafted to really start to see the production. But a lot of the, I guess, national media and local media had a little bit of an issue with him being 26. I actually, I'm a positive guy, so I try to always spin something into a positive. And I think him being 26 actually helps a little bit. When you're 26, you're more mature than you were at 22, 23, 24 uh, would you agree with that sentiment with him being a little bit older that he could, he could potentially have an impact sooner rather than later based on that? I think that what you look at relative to the age is it's more important. I think, uh, James, to look at the injury history than it is to look at the age. You know, I think when they're in their mid twenties, if they've, had a lot of injuries then you know you've got a guy that's probably older than 26 you know what i mean so i think that if you have a guy that's 26 but he's got a pretty clean uh, medical record as it goes as it relates to football uh you've got a guy that's still a young player and and, and so i think when we studied that with jordan we saw a guy that look he's you know he's clean medically and uh, he's a guy that really we we, we got to know at the senior bowl and really liked his skill set relative to how we would use him and he's come in here in the spring 
and in the passing game, he's he's shown that that you know he can do some of the things we projected him to be able to do. Now the the whole thing will be when when all these rookies put the pads on, how do they play when the full pads go on? But but so far, uh, Aikens you know has shown us a lot, and we're, we're looking forward to continuing to work with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super excited about him. I think from a playmaking uh, standpoint, it, uh, he's just going to be exciting to watch. So I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I've watched probably every Bill O'Brien pes- press conference that you've ever done for the Texans. I have a really, really <laughs> oh, good understanding God. of what you like to be asked and what you don't. Uh, and, and I know that Lance, uh, actually earlier, uh, I listened to that interview as well just to make sure I didn't touch on something that they did. But I, do, I know you don't like talking about the past, but I want to talk about the 2016 season in one moment specifically. So it's, it's after uh, the Cincinnati game. We clinch. Uh, your press conference starts. And Brian T. Smith is about to ask you a question. And it doesn't matter, Brian. Back-to-back AFC South champs. Are you aware <laughs> of uh, how viral that went for the Texans community no. and how that is answer, uh, an answer that people use now no matter what? No, no, I'm not. No, you know, I just, I told, um, you know, earlier, I told Lance, you know, I really enjoy the interaction with the media, especially the Houston media, because I know how important our Houston media is to, uh, the fans, you know, getting information about the team and being able to give it to our fans. So I, I enjoy the interaction. You know, sometimes, you know, obviously uh, what you see is what you get with me. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, after a game, depending on my emotions, uh, you, you know, I'm not always at my best. And I think that, that I've tried to get better at that. But, you know, that was one moment where, uh, you know, I, I enjoy my interaction with Brian T. Smith. You know, Brian and I have known each other now five years, and I know he has a job to do, and he knows I have a job to do. So it was just, it was one of those things that maybe went back a few years, you know, or a couple of years. So, but but again, like I said, I I do I do understand. That's the big thing is, in all seriousness, is I understand the role of the media, and 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 I talk to our team about that. You know, it's it's. The, the media is is the conduit to the fans, and so we we we're very respectful of the job that they have to do. We just try to try to give them the answers uh, to the best of our ability. Okay, yeah. Well, it, it's just funny because in the Texans community, if you know, it's used now in almost any Houston sport. If you know, <laughs> the Rockets lose in the Western Conference Finals, it's it's doesn't doesn't matter, Brian. Doesn't matter, Brian. So I, I, I su- it'd be funny for you to Google that once we get off to just put in Bill O'Brien doesn't matter, Brian. I'm sure there's a, I think there's a video oh, montage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right, well, a couple more things, and then we'll let you get to it. I know you're busy. Uh, I had a suggestion for a song that you guys could start using at uh, at min at minicamp and min- and training camp. Uh, there's a song called "Win" by J Rock that just came out, and I know the team would love it. And really, it's it's simple. It's just about winning, and uh, it's so high energy. And I just I know how much you love Rick Ross, so I was trying to. Um, expand your music library a little bit, and, and thought I'd suggest uh, J Rock win. Yeah. Oh, I love I love uh, when it comes to music. I love the suggestion box as long as it's clean. It, it'll 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 be played. I'll make sure I I'm gonna write this down when I get off with you, and it'll be in our it'll be in the playlist for the for the designated DJ that we have. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and then one last thing. Um, 
what do I need to do to be able to one day go to Greenbrier, sit next to you in the same outfit, and hold your clipboard for a whole day of practice? <laughs> you know, I don't think you really – most people do not want to be near me during practice, so I don't know if you really want that job. That <laughs> That's a job reserved for somebody else, James. I don't think you would, you would not enjoy that day. <laughs> Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I, I kind of expected that answer, to be honest with you, but uh, uh, I just thought I'd throw it out there. So, uh, Bill, I really, I really appreciate this. I can't tell you, you got it. Um, from our perspective how appreciative we are for this. You've, um, you were great, and, and I really hope that we can have you on in the future, and, and good luck on the season. Sure. I can't tell you how close I'll be watching. Uh, I love this team and am emotionally invested in seeing them succeed. So we really appreciate everything you do for that team. Like I told you in the email, it's just nice to know that we have somebody that's leading the ship that cares. Yeah, I appreciate it, James. Thanks for having me on. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Bill. Okay, bye-bye. Yep. And that was it. That was the Bill O'Brien interview. Again, we are so thankful for him coming on the podcast. Thank you again to James Youngari Gold for setting that up. That's just awesome. I'm glad you put the legwork into it, and thank you again to Bill O'Brien for coming on. We'll be back next week with the preview of the Tennessee Titans. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of excited to do this one. The Titans look like they will be a fun team to play this year and a fun team to beat this year. All right. Y'all have a good one. up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure we still got it done man when they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done we still got it done man